Okay, here's the thing. This is the second episode in a row that I have mic issues. Clearly, my mic doesn't work no matter how much I test it. There's something about either the program that I'm using or, I don't know, that is giving me problems. I have no excuses, guys. Um, I am going to be buying a new mic. I promise that will change. Actually, I'm getting a new mic and I'm getting a whole new setup. So future episodes will be a lot more interactive, a lot more fun. I promise when I get to it, I'll get to it. In the meantime, I really hope that you enjoy this conversation that I had with my really good friend, Valerie Mesa, where we explore parasocial relationships and, you know, how we kind of idolize celebrities and all that fun stuff. It was a really great conversation, absolutely worth putting out there. And I really think that if you can get past the audio issues, you will enjoy it too. Valerie's been here before. She's been she was one my very first guest on season one where she talked about astrology, brought her in for a different kind of conversation, but you always know we got to talk about the astrology a little bit. Um, so with that said, enjoy the episode. Also, this was like recorded like four months ago, five months ago. So if there's anything that's dated, whoops, my bad. No, no, she, she definitely eats it. She, why are you wasting your time? Okay, this is a podcast. This is not the Drag the Yellow show. It's, no, God, no. What? If you're easily offended, just turn this shit off or get a sense of humor. I don't care. Welcome back, Val. This is your, Hello. Is this your second time being on the third Yes, third? it is. It is. No, it's my second. Yes. I okay. forgot what we talked about last time, but I know it's my second. I think you were my first guest, actually. I think you were my first guest. So Val was the first guest ever on Some Supervision Required. And the last time you were here, we talked about um, just astrology in relationships, right? The the, the, yes, the astrology behind most relationships. And, you know, you, you dove deep into our love signs and everything. And I love that conversation with you. And I know that that is your bread and butter. Like you could, and if we started the <laughs> podcast today, I feel like we would be probably talking about it for two hours. But um, yes, the reason why I wanted to bring you on this time was because, and I think we've talked, this is another subject that we've talked about all the time, um, which is like our fascination with uh, celebrities, right? And like celebrity yes. culture. And it yes. got me thinking about, and also hearing another podcast um, from The Cut where they dove into parasocial relationships. So I didn't I, even I, know that was a thing until you told me. I love it. Yes, I, I actually went down the rabbit hole. So for those that don't know, a parasocial relationship is defined as a one-sided relationship that you have with like you are investing energy, either emotional energy or time or commitment into a relationship with someone else. But that other person, it's one-sided because that person doesn't know that you exist. Right. So if you really think about it, it's everything that you My know relationship about. with Lana Del Rey. <laughs> yes, exactly that. Like, you know, and, and we all have it. I was, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's not like it. It can be bad, and we'll dive into that. But basically, you know, it's very healthy. It's very normal. We all have it. We all have these um, fascinations or admirations for people that we do, that do not know that we exist, uh, just by the nature of our our culture of pop culture. Yes. Um, so I wanted to share 
for both of us to share sort of like our personal examples. And you, you kind of alluded to when you said Lana Del Rey. Like, <laughs> I was gonna ask you. I was like, what's what's your like earliest uh, parasocial relationship that you can think of, or like who's that person that you know you're like I know everything about their lives. Oh my gosh! Now this is gonna sound really like I'm making this up, but I kid you not. I remember having conversations with people, and granted, I've always loved pop culture, but I never really fixated on anybody that was like, I'm a groupie for this person, like ride or die, until Lana Del Rey. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> like, I liked the Spice Girls. I yeah. loved, you know, Backstreet Boys. Granted, we all had like, you know, those people that we looked up to and we were obsessed with, but I never really had this like OMG, you see my soul granted it sounds funny now that we're looking at it from this context but i it never happens until lana which is wild to me which is why i'm like this is how i know that i'm like really her number one fan you know what i mean no, but, <laughs> that's but, how i know but it is that it's it's a it's a a way of being a fan obviously and i, I i'll say i'll share mine so obviously all the the celebrity boys growing up i always say i was like my first celebrity love was leonardo dicaprio 1997 yes. Titanic vibes, then Romeo and Juliet. Like, I, oof, I rode for that man. Actually, yes. I, I was crushing on him back when he was on Growing Pains. I don't know if you remember. If you I do Growing remember. Pains. I loved oh, Growing Pains. Loved Growing OG Pains. Show. I was obsessed. I was also loved Kirk Cameron, who played Mike Seaver. Loved oh, him. yes. He yes. was like the dream boy. But Leonardo DiCaprio, I, I was like very, very little. I used to watch that show with my dad. It was very, very little, and Leonardo DiCaprio came on, and I was just like, oh, he's so perfect. And then I got a little older. I mean, I, a little older, mind you, 1997, uh, I was, what, like, six years old? <laughs> and oh that my was, God. Leonardo DiCaprio was my sexual awakening, I would say. Uh, but oh, my God, that reminds me of um, of Devon Sawa, remember, in Casper, and oh, he was yes. also in Now and Then, and he was like, I used to get those Bob magazines with JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which is another one, Andrew Keegan. Yep. Yep. I, I would I would think they were like super hot. I would be like, oh my God, he's so cute. But I never necessarily like, I didn't fixate until I feel like, I, now I have to think like when it comes to like, there were a lot of them. I had a lot of celebrity crushes. Oh, I I, but that's what I'm saying. Like I did fixate. I think you're, you know, you're, you're like, I didn't really fixate until Lana Del Rey. I'm like, no, no, no. I think I was six years old and I was already, you know, collecting every J14 magazine. I, I love you know, that. after Leonardo DiCaprio, I graduated to Chad Michael Murray. Oh, I would have died Chad Michael man. Murray is something else, though. Okay, Tom Welling. I'll, Tom oh, Welling. Tom Welling. I obsessed. I fixated yes. on him. I fixated yes. on him. Remy Zero, Smallville soundtrack song. What saved <laughs> me, it was on repeat. Yes. I loved seeing the preview. I loved me some Tom Welling. So that's, yes, he was definitely up there. There were so mm-hmm. many. But yeah, I mean, I could I could go down the rabbit hole of all the celebrity crushes that I that I had. But I think... Oh my God, me too. I want to say, and I said it to my friend Arlene the other day. I was like... Uh, the longest relationship that I've had is <laughs> the relationship that I have for the love that I've had for Sophia Bush. So Sophia Bush, I always talk about it. I'm like, I've loved Sophia Bush since I was 13 years old. She is like my Lana Del Rey, like Taylor Swift too. But yes, I was, I mean, when I think back on it and when I think about, you know, the term parasocial relationships and what it means and the difference between a parasocial relationship and a parasocial interaction, right? So an interaction could be, like, I don't know, me commenting on Reese Witherspoon's picture that she posted on Instagram. I'm like, oh, super cute. Cool. That's an interaction. I don't, it's not really a relationship because there isn't a lot of, like, time invested in that, right? 
but I cannot say the same for Sophia Bush. There's time, money. <laughs> I mean, I think That's about, I think about, and my gosh, am I like, I feel like I'm already jumping in. I feel like I did it in the beginning. I'm going to do it again. But can I make an no, astrological analysis? Absolutely. Okay. So we're the Pluto and Scorpio generation and we are the generation of fixation. We get obsessed with things. Even growing up, like I feel like we were all like glued to our TVs or like there were things that we did over and over and over again. And I can only imagine how wild it would have been being able to follow these people that we love and admire so much. I feel like that relationship would have been next level. So you having this relationship without social media and then now with social media, it's just like, it's different layers, I feel. I, but it's just like wild. I love that you said that because that's a perfect segue into what I was going to say as to how <laughs> this sort of, I don't want to say with the, the inception of all of this, but I was thinking about that. I, when I was looking back and, and doing sort of the research for this, I, and I, and thinking like upon myself, like, who I was, you know, growing up with, and I had these parasocial relationships. And the reason why I mentioned Sophia Bush was because she was part of this massive TV show, Winter Hell, when I was growing up, that I watched three times over. Loved and, it. Yeah, and this, and I watched a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies, um, growing up, and it was a form of escapism. And you said, you know, the Pluto and Scorpio generation. And, and I think Facts. that was the same for a lot of us. We got, oh, for sure. You know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, this across the board, like celebrity culture, stan culture, what which is what it eventually became, the boy band craze. Um, yes. All of that, like for me, really immersing myself in that in those formative years um, was a way to structure how to form relationships in the future, That's right? So, so like, interesting. I would, yeah. Okay, I was like, it was a way to relate. And I don't know if this ever happened to, or if you ever did this, but like when you were really, really little and you would play pretend with your friends and everything, like I would play pretend and the way that we would connect would be through the TV shows that we were both watching. 1000%. Yeah, the characters that we resonated oh, yeah. and related to the most, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, watching Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire was my spirit animal. And, yeah. <laughs> Like Stephanie Stephanie Tanner when she From put on her neon retro 80s like turquoise leotard and did a dance in the living room I thought I was gonna die like that so I'm remembering now like I danced when I was younger and I used I mean I have videos you've seen my videos of when I was yeah, a little yeah. girl I've shown you and I used that's how I would escape too and I feel like we're very similar with our Pisces vibes where art music film like and I feel like a lot of the Pluto and Scorpio generation too, that's how we would escape. So like seeing Stephanie Tanner get on stage, perform and be so good at it and have so much fun. Like I remember, and I would also pretend I was the Pink Ranger. Like I was obsessed with the Pink Ranger from yes. everybody was from Power Rangers. You would literally play with your friends and be like, well, you're going to be this person. I'm going to be this person. Like yep. we were almost bored of being ourselves. Like let's be other people today. Yes, <laughs> and, that, that, and that was exactly it. We would adopt these fictional character traits to help yes. us later on navigate through our own lives to sort of say like, well, is this, this is who I admire. Is this who I should be? And that's kind of what I saw, like the inception of parasocial relationships for me. It's like, I wanted to find out more because in a way I related to them in some, in some capacity. aspects, some capacity. So me finding out more meant I would 
discover more about myself. That's it's so interesting. This is such a like f- interesting topic. Like I'm telling you, I obviously resonate with that being an only child and growing up on yourself. But when you mentioned like, you know, parasocial relationships, what I was like, wow, like this really, I mean, even my own mom was like obsessed with, she always talks to me about, um, oh my gosh, how can I forget his name? The the shot through the heart and you're too late. What's his name? How could I forget? The John Bon Jovi? You give love. John Bon Jovi. Hello. Yeah. She was like literally watching the TV crying, obsessed with John Bon Jovi, like, or her obsession with the Mel Gibson. So like, I don't know if that's like a, something that's, I inherited, but my mom was total pop culture queen as well. But that's exactly, I feel like there's a lot of people like that. And, and it was so funny because when I was listening to all of this about parasocial relationships and how they were talking about and how it could be, it, obviously it's a very healthy thing it's it's normal but then they talk about like the dark side of it and everything oh my god yeah yeah that was you know when they talked more about like stand culture and how people start to feel almost entitled to things right and then Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. sort of leads to well i'm not going to jump ahead i'm actually going to backtrack a little bit and like the slow builds the slow builds the the slow builds so (laughs) i think in general most parasocial relationships especially now in the the age of social media where these celebrities these influencers are giving us a real sneak like not even a sneak peek but like a real deep look into their lives like all access pass (laughs) exactly that and all access pass um we feel even more connected to them (laughs) yeah and in in a good way and in a bad way right so like when they because at the end of the day you start to forget that they're human beings just like yourself right like so sometimes i think about it, i'm like what would it be it sounds so narcissistic but i'm like everyone has the same thoughts like if you were famous you know what how would you be what type of celebrity would you be how much would you share um and when i when i stopped to think about that i was like well if i were a celebrity then that would automatically mean that i'm on the other side of the parasocial relationship <laughs> but and and I don't even yeah. have to be a celebrity for that. That could be Anything. happening right now. That could be right. happening to you. That could I'm be sure, really happening to actually, you. Actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised if it does happen to you. If there are many people that are very invested in what you do and what you put out there, but you have no idea who they are. My Scorpio rising will have, <laughs> have a heart attack. It's weird to mention that. It's creepy to think about it, right? Because I started thinking it about is. it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. It, and, you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't make it more complicated with social media, but I do want to point out, in my opinion, I feel like social media, to a certain extent, has humanized these idols and these people that we knew nothing about, where we would kind of fill in the blank and expect their life to look a certain way, where now we see Reese Witherspoon putting flowers in a vase and washing dishes while she's doing a live. So like, it's a perfect like hybrid of like the all access pass the oh my gosh i love her even more because she likes daisies and i like daisies or whatever but then there's also like you see also other celebrities who have experienced that cancel culture Mm -hmm. um where you see them act a certain way and you see their human side where then you're just like oh shit i don't know if i like this celebrity at all (laughs) i don't know right you're you're now privy to all of their mistakes to all of their character flaws and if you've spent all this time adopting their good traits right does that also mean that you have to relate and resonate with their bad traits with their their flaws 
Yeah, and I also feel like it gives, it's a multi-layered system because it gives you more layers of yourself, of a person. It gives you more avenues to compare and contrast. Whereas before, I feel like without social media, and it gives me a lot of the Neptune energy, which is like the obscure, dreamy, like mirage of, oh my God, Hollywood is like this. And you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, but it almost gave you that lure of suspense where you didn't know. Whereas now it's like, we saw... I don't want to say it, but you know what I'm thinking about with my favorite person in the world with things that she does that I want to kill her, which I'm not going to, I don't want to, I would never talk down about you, Lana. I'm just saying, you know, but because I get this all access pass, you're kind of just like, how dare she with the binoculars, you know? Right. And see, for, for you and I, who I think are like pr- uh, pretty normal, well-adjusted human beings, it's, it's all in good fun. It's all in, right. in the love that you have for these for these yes we we want more for them yes because it's kind of like you 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 treat again you're so invested in them and in that relationship that you're like yes you represent me and my loves so therefore like i want you to do better and that's actually i'm so glad that you mentioned that now like i'm gonna echo you with that because speaking of my loves with whatever that's what made me deeply resonate with lana whereas for Stephanie Tanner, I I was obsessed with dance and performance and I wanted to move like her and dress like her. With Lana, not so much. Not so much of the aesthetic, right? But yeah. more so, she puts into words and grounds and makes art out of really tragic but beautiful things that I've experienced. And it makes me feel like OMG, I could turn this song on and like my cancer ass that loves is addicted to feelings. Yeah. It's a perfect like Scorpio and cancer, I'm addicted to feelings, wants to feel a certain way. And it's like, she has given me a literal cupboard of, do you want the toxic cookie today? Or do you want the <laughs> depressive cookie? Or do you want the cookie of your hot shit? Like you pick, like all of them have sprinkles type of deal. <laughs> She's basically packaging what you want to feel that like giving exactly. it to you on the platter and saying hey she, that's this, the, this is the menu you know exactly. pick what you want and her cancer energy comes through obviously her venus and taurus too giving you the cookie so it's <laughs> like that perfect little packaging of like this is all this feeling you get to feel so that's like didn't want to jump again that was really um why i resonated so deeply with lana and why still to this day does it matter what she does if she bothers me i'm like why lana i'm like you're still you're still everything. Artistically, you are everything to me. Every, yeah. I don't care if she turns into a country singer. She's my life. <laughs> <laughs> I will follow her to the end. I can say it's so funny because there's there's a lot of, there's quite a few celebrities. And I, I, I mean, that I feel that way about Taylor Swift being one of them. I just respect her so much as an artist. Um, Kendrick Which Lamar. One? Taylor Swift. Oh, yes. Being one of them. Um, Kendrick Lamar, too. I just have utmost absolute like put that guy on a pedestal he can do no wrong in my eyes because he's just so talented artistically yes um but then i also think of just like the ones that i'm curious about like everyone's fascination i mean i myself am am not a big kardashian i guess fan um i don't really watch the show but having worked in the media and entertainment industry obviously like and just understanding the impact that they've had on fashion on culture on social media and stuff like i do keep up to speed on what's happening in their lives just like you know i kind of have to um not not because of my own will but out of right basically against my will i have to 
Uh, but I also find like the fa- the fascination that everyone has with the Kardashians very interesting and telling too, right? And how we want to know every second of the day, like who are they dating? Who are they not dating? Like what's the next step in their lives? Like it's you know, so incredible. It's so incredible. And then I think of, and I'm not sure if you're familiar. Are you? Do you know of the page Dumois? You always mention this to me and I always forget. I apologize. Like I suck for that. You've sent it to me before and I think I've skimmed through it, but I didn't get into it. So I will say, I have to say Dumois is probably my vice right now because... Why is that? What is the the foundation of this vice? It's essentially a celebrity gossip girl. So it's a Mm. It started off as an anonymous account. It's Dumois. a chic Paris Perez Hilton. <laughs> right. But people would okay. send in like, oh, just saw Leonardo DiCaprio what? at Soho. Just saw, you know, Robert Downey Jr. having lunch in Upper East Side. And Only in Dade, but Hollywood. <laughs> right. But Hollywood. And it was all anonymous. So oh. it became from sightings and spottings and then eventually grew to like straight up gossip. So people will email Dumont and basically say, hey, I worked on this um, movie set for this upcoming movie, and I can tell you that this actress was absolutely awful, and this is what they did. Oh, juicy. Juicy stuff, (laughs) or then it would become like, uh, you know, everything is written in the form of a blind, so basically, so you're not actually, you can't really sue for slander or anything, because it's not written, like, Angelina Jolie Mm. is currently looking to adopt her eighth kid, like, it's bloody brilliant. it'll, It'll say something like, you know, um, A-list Hollywood actress known for roles in X, Y, and Z is looking. So you basically have to do a little bit of of mystery digging. It's like a Ooh, giant the riddle. Yes, it's like a I little riddle. It. It's a it's a little riddle to unpack. And any anyway, that account has just basically blown up to become, you know, its own gossip girl brand. The girl has a podcast. What do she, you like more about it, the riddle or the information that they get? I, I just love the gossip of it, which is funny because I'm not a gossiper or like I know, a, I don't see you that way. Yes, I'm not in my in my personal life, but I think the removal of the fact that I don't know these people, I'm just curious. It, it, it all stems from this like human nature of like curiosity, right? Just mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. wanting to know more about people. It does. Warriorism. Warriorism. It's exactly that. I've I've unpacked a little bit of it and I think most I mean most people are curious most people have like an an inkling towards warriorism and stuff mine goes a little beyond that because I'm just so curious about the psychology of people I think everybody is for sure everyone is but like I take it to like a whole new level (laughs) I come up with conspiracies too I get you I've had we've had conversations conversations about about that we've had conversations (laughs) um but I do think about like now finding it because I'm so deeply ingrained in the celebrity gossip of all these people mm-hmm. you know i do feel happy when i hear good news like chrissy Teigen is pregnant again after you yeah. know, she that's so like you feel a genuine human connection to these people you totally. feel and i think through these parasocial relationships that you have with all these people that have no idea that you exist there is a way to create real impact because you're able to learn empathy you're able to learn and I'm going to repeat it again, but you're you're able to learn some form of connection, right? And I think For that's sure. perfect example because some of these massive stars, like when when you found out that you know Kobe Bryant died. Oh my god! So sad. So tragic. Oh my god! Insane. 
And that was just hearing from someone that you didn't know, but you knew had the status in the world. Oh, no. Social media has really, like, revolutionized the way that we observe and judge. I'm going to use the word judge, but, like, perceive the human mind and humans in general. Like, just tragedies, you know, the Kobe Bryant tragedy, regular tragedies, like, the whole thing with, like, um, with the school um, that happened in elementary school. Like, not to make this a Debbie Downer, because I'm not trying to do that, but I I was, like, so, so sad where normally, like, a part of me was kind of like, well, who do you think you are reacting so deeply to that when you didn't know any of those kids? And it's like, it is empathy. It is that ability to put yourself, which has, you know, social media has given this, that opportunity to do that. Right. And I think that that also stems from having that from at a young age, right? Being able to not say that like you have a hard connection or I know this person to be able to say I don't have to know you I don't have to know any of this but I can still empathize with your situation I can still feel sad when I hear something sad I can still feel happy when I hear happy news that has nothing to do with me and I feel here I go with the astrology I mean I'm going to keep throwing in, nope, throwing it out there because it's my brain but this once again takes me back to Pluto and Scorpio generation. We are the shit. But anyway, and I'll even go as far as the Uranus and Scorpio generation, which were the kids that actually they're older than us. They started sort of rebelling against the more taboo topics and like wanting to be more sexual and more comfortable and doing dark, naughty things. But for us, we were literally addicted to the opening door on our aim and our because we wanted connection so deeply. We always, we are obviously the era of social media. And I feel like we always wanted, didn't matter who we were talking to, what I, ASL, like I, my Venus and Gemini, like I was all over it. I loved my computer. We were talking about like just how we like being online and creating and our conversation yeah. this week. And I feel like it all stems from that desire to not only connect but to be relate to relate to someone to say it's that sense of belonging it's very aquarian this this conversation you know like i'm not alone like this person has had lana for instance has experienced that pain and love and romance but yet she also sings about it because she's a sad girl and she's not ashamed of it like it's that i'm not alone energy yeah, yes. I go, everything ends with astrology and Lana Del Rey, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but you're right. It's it's the... It, it's exactly that. It's the I'm not alone energy, which is actually, like, I think for our generation, you know, has right. not hit... Like, we're kind of in that balance because I feel like the younger generation is really taking it to the other end that they're like, you were... Like, they're so open. They're not... They're not a very... Um, what's the... What's yes. the right word? Like, not a very narcissistic, not a very... Um, they're not a selfish. self-absorbed. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, but they're not a self-absorbed. And they're not. They're not a selfish. I wouldn't say self-absorbed because I think social media has given leeway to some of that. But right. they're definitely not a selfish generation. They are. They are probably. You know, they are the most progressive. They are the most about thinking for the good of all, not just for the good of themselves. Can I say one more thing? Yes. That I have to say about. So really quick they're Pluto in Sagittarius and I always refer to their energy and this is really silly because I love a photo dump but they are the epitome of a photo dump 
I feel like this era of like, I'm going to post a picture of, you know, this weird selfie of me like this or, you know, really up close or a messy table. It's that freedom and, and chaos. There's like something, there's a lure to that. And yeah. I feel like they are like the photo dump era. I don't know. They, they sort of started it. <laughs> well, they, they really did. I mean, it's yeah. like very popular now on social media. It is. So, and it's funny because I've seen a few influencers that are more of our generation starting to also share stuff like that i think i tried doing it on my birthday with the spaghetti on the bed and shit i was like everyone's gonna see me eating spaghetti in bed on my birthday and i was like this is a photo dump energy i loved but you know what and and i kind of loved it but because it'll be it'll be a mix of like memes and and just like raw unfiltered i love the rawness yes i love it but i've it's, it's funny because we've been so conditioned and I, I have been so conditioned for everything to be so perfectly polished, to have Same. intention and, and not because of how social media worked when in, in its peak for us, but just through the nature of work, through the nature of me being in the details. It's like, I can't let oh, go of sure. that. Like I, I'm I, with you. even before I really, you know, thought, okay, well for my social media picture, I have to make sure I'm angled nicely and the <laughs> editing is right and everything like i would post yeah. little riddles right very very taylor swift-esque actually i will say like there you're was, great at it though i will never forget I, and it was funny because i felt like no one really understood that i was dropping little easter eggs or hints or anything i was the only one that knew it i mean i went to europe one year and i posted a picture while i was in amsterdam and the caption and I thought I was so clever, of course. I'm like, I'm so clever. Because right? I put track, I think track 11 on a rush of blood to the head or track or track 12 on a rush of blood to the head, which is basically me saying, if you look up track 12 on a rush of blood to the head by Coldplay, the track is called Amsterdam. I knew that I, when I heard that title, I'm like, this is a Coldplay album and you just confirmed yes. it. But I love like, that so no much. One's, but, but you see, like, no one's going to look that up. No one has the time to do that digging but someone's gonna see the caption someone's gonna see the caption and be like okay this makes no sense pretty picture like cool but for me i would feel such fulfillment from those little i love riddles and i love ambiguity hell yeah ambiguity is like the sexiest thing and i think it takes us back to the lure of like the unknown and i love a weird caption i love a weird I mean, it's not always subliminal because I'll be honest, like there are things I share sometimes that I do go to my that side of my brain and say, if somebody sees this, they're going to think this. And sometimes I have to silence that because I don't want to live worried about what people are going to think to each their own. They're going to see it how they see it and how they see themselves. Right. But there's still that aspect of like, I could subtweet this and I'm still covering my ass because I'm not really saying it kind of like the demois, like I'm not really saying it, but I'm saying it. So it's just like, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's been hard for me to sort of adopt that new Gen Z energy for just just post whatever. There's no need go to go on camera all the time. And it's go hard. On camera, yeah, it is very hard. Um, but I want to talk. So we I think we talked about like the, the fun side of parasocial relationships. I also want to talk about the now the other side, right? The other extreme where it does yeah. become not necessarily dangerous because I, I definitely think, you know, like Stan culture is a perfect example of that. Now, Stan is net, the, the term Stan now is, you know, not, not threatening at all because it just means like you're a big fan of something. Right. But if you think about where Stan originated from, it's from the Eminem song. 
so crazy. I found that out like last year as pathetic as I was like, oh my God, like I was so late to that party. Yeah, so I, I, I forgot where I had heard about it, but I mean, I, I had known the song um, and then I just didn't put two and two together. But when I did realize, I was like, wait a second, like that song is not about a totally cool, normal fan. You know, it's about a very yeah. crazed out fan that actually, you know, anyway, listen to the song if you haven't. But um, that's where Stan, Stan, the term Stan, originated from, then became Stan Culture, which is really just it's another way of saying, like, fan culture. Great song. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that side of it. But there's also the the potentially um, negative effect that, and I'm sure it happens to all of us, which is... The entitlement, right, that you get from knowing, from having that all-access pass that you talked about. Mm-hmm. The entitlement, and by, by entitlement, I mean you're now in a position where you see a, a, a celebrity, an influencer, mess up, do something that you don't like, and you want to hold them accountable to it. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, you feel a sense of betrayal. Even though this person has no idea who you are. Right. An example of this would be, you know, it just recently in the news if you know anything about me you know that i am a big environmentalist i'm very you know if if i can save the planet in any way i absolutely will uh but just recently in the news there was a i guess i don't know if it was like a leak from the kardashians or what happened but basic but basically um they called out taylor swift for it started off with actually it started off with kylie jenner it started off with kylie jenner using the jet for like three minutes or something for private jet for three minutes and people were criticizing her for that and then mm-hmm. it became um somebody said that it, that taylor swift did something very similar it became who flew for right. more for a shorter amount of time Correct. like it became a competition and i didn't pay much attention to it but i did remember kind of looking into it and thinking also about taylor swift's past actually like and just it wasn't until just recently that she became a very big voice and used her platform to be an advocate for you know the political beliefs that she now holds um for a while she was silent about it i mean given her background Mm -hmm. given her family she was like i'm never going to talk about politics but then when politics stopped being you know just politics something you're not interested in and started being you know conversations that we needed to have about the rights that we something else right, social media brought yeah the, the rights that we have as human beings then she decided to insert herself more into that conversation but there was a little sense of betrayal like disappointment that i felt from miss swift <laughs> when i when i read about the, the jet because i was like i wonder if she does kind of abuse it and that would that would kind of bother me and, and it also has to do with values because that's yeah. a value that i, I mean everybody should have, have that as value the environment obviously but not all people do some exactly. people will focus on the pettiest things it, it, they will meet you as as you know high as they can meet themselves <laughs> right and and i think when those that's probably where we start to and i see it all the time around you know political season election season where we start holding up these celebrities and i think we should accountable right for some of the things for using their platforms in certain ways um, for the mm-hmm. type of information that they spread, but also we tend to take it very personal. Like, well, yes. why why are they speaking out? They really have no no business speaking out about X, Y, and Z. And well, but they're a human being. At the end of the day, they can speak about whatever they want. Like you wouldn't this do that about such your friend. A, 
Oh my God, this is such a good topic. And I'm actually looking up to show you because I forgot her last name. Okay, yeah. There's this influencer that I love, somebody I stand for. Her name is Remy Bader. I think she's just, yes. I know her by Remy. She does the best realistic hauls where she tries on clothes, like for, you know, curvy girls. Yes, I love her. Where that was my life, that I was tall, curvy. Sometimes my jeans would look a certain way. And she's like, free people, really? Like she calls out yep. the department stores, which I love so freaking much. But she was saying the other day, I remember when I first started this, how much more love I got when I was doing this from a small bedroom on my floor, you know, starting this influencer journey, you know, yep. not really sure what I was doing. And then I finally get to where I am today, using my voice, making a difference because she totally has. Yeah. It's because of her that there are and a bunch of other uh, body positivity influencers that have helped in this journey. She's like, now that I am where I am now, I still upset people. So where do I stand? When, when am I allowed to celebrate the person I've become, the person I am? So it's like in this social media sphere, and I, while you were saying everything you were saying, it was making me think like there's a fine line between, and I actually tweeted this the other day, privacy and hypocrisy. Yes. There are things that, for instance, I'll use myself as an example. I will go out of my way to avoid doing certain things to avoid anything because there are controversial topics where if you don't want the headache, you don't want the headache. Now, if you're feeling saucy and you want to just say what you want to say, and we all have those days, you go right ahead. But any little seed, any little doorway, any avenue that you open, that you shed light on as somebody online, as a celebrity, I'm not a celebrity, but I'm just saying in general, you have to be conscious of what's going to happen, what's going to be the ripple of that, what's going to be the domino effect. Are you comfortable with that little revolution, with the chaos that you're creating, with this disruption? I'm sure some people are, but you're still going to get backlash. You're, you're, you know, damned if you, damned if you don't. Yeah. It's very like, it's hard. No, it's, I mean, you're a thousand percent right in that. Um, I love Remy, by the way. She's fantastic I so love good. her so much she's so um, funny she's so funny she's so real uh I really do like this she's like, real yeah, I, I do love I'm, I'm starting to say that I love the TikTok influencers because I think she kind of originated on TikTok um mm -hmm. TikTok influencers so much more than the atypical the ones that start on Instagram um right. I feel like there's a bigger authenticity and it has nothing to do with their age because like for example Teffy from Hello Teffy also oh, originated sure. on TikTok. We are Tuffy stands for Tuffy sure. Stands. Love her. Absolutely 1, love her. You know, she's millennial, our age. Uh, but again, there's a level of authenticity there for her that just... Totally. Another parasocial relationship I'm in. <laughs> I love knowing everything. And she said on a podcast, and this is something that I think regardless of whether you're an influencer or not, or a celebrity or not, you have to try to master this and i feel like it helps people really be happy and set themselves free and it's the number one rule which is not everyone's gonna like you and that's okay yeah. people are gonna see you exactly the way they see themselves and the way that they see the world and your perception of somebody is not going to be the same as the way someone else perceives them and it's actually it's a kaleidoscope of layers that people see other people where you're just like, wow, I would have never looked at this person this way. And another person has a reason. And it's all coming from our own psyche and the way that we relate to things. And it's just so deep. It's so many layers of relatability 
that it gets a little, it can get, it can get messy. Yeah, and on their end, it must be, I mean, again, I say on their end, but I feel like most people that are on the receiving end of the parasocial relationship don't really have mm-hmm. as much, like, perspective into it because they're not giving like it's it's literally in the definition they're not giving any time and you have to shut it off right you have to shut it off to survive or if not you won't do anything you won't post anything you won't do anything like Mm -hmm. you'll see all of these comments come in you'll see messages that are sent to you uh and i i always wonder about how because if it freaked us out just talking about it in the very beginning like can you imagine that i mean there could be like there could be somebody listening to this that I don't personally know. What well, I'm sure there is actually. Oh my god! Yes, it's totally that. That happened to me when I freaks me out. And they sh- <laughs> they, sh- they could follow your journey like they somebody who has su- supervision required. Season one, they jump on to season two, and you're like, what? Yeah. That's kind of stuff. That I mean, again everybody everybody's on their own little you know journey and stuff with my astrology given that i've been able to write and things like that i did have one experience that i thought was really mind-blowing and this is actually really positive this girl that was visiting miami from texas who was a follower saw that i was reading at soul to soul and when she showed up she was one of the last people who showed up she brought her bag and she's like i'm about to catch a flight but i'm from Texas and I saw that you were gonna be here and I got Aww. a cab and to me that was like the type of stuff you're talking yeah, about right? where yeah. you're like you never know who's listening you never know who's yeah. reading you never know that's why you have to always talk like you're talking to somebody you care about right. because you never know and, and let's be clear like I'm using that example but it's most of the time it it is positive experiences right like I've never it is but it also puts a sense of responsibility on my end like you just said like you have to talk you have to talk to people like you care about them and Absolutely. when I'm doing this podcast or whenever I'm putting up anything on social media, I do think about that. Not in the sense of like, oh, I care what people think. But in, right, I was right, going to say that. It's not right. about caring what people think, but it's having, mm-hmm. it's being responsible with your platform, no matter how small that, like, or how large or how big that is. Because again, Absolutely. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not an influencer. I'm not anything. But if I'm putting something out there to the public, I want to make sure that it's authentic to me. That it's authentic. That's the that yes. it's authentic to me. That it's not some that it's something that I would sell to my friends. That it's something that, that I would say in a public space. It's not mindless. Um, Absolutely. That's really the word that not necessarily like we need to talk to people like we care about them. No, like you need to talk to a person like you would talk to yourself and like you would talk to your friends. Right. Because if not, you're a big fraud. And being on social media, whether you're a social influencer or not, it gives you that extra likelihood of you really fucking up if you're not being authentic. Sorry, excuse my French. But if no. you're not authentic, it's going to be more obvious on social if you're not. Right. Which makes it also, that's all, it's, this is such a multi-layered system. I know, I know. If you don't believe what, what it is that you're saying, um, then, I mean, people pick up on that right away. For especially, sure. Especially For nowadays. Sure. I think back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when you're talking about, you know, the only way that you were able to connect with celebrities the only way that you were able to and i think this is part of their mystery and allure right like the the back in the days of the jennifer anisons of the world the angelina jolie's the johnny depp's you know what was so mysterious and alluring about them was that you could only hear about what was happening through their lives through speculation of magazines that you would read right we didn't have social media 
to dissect every single thing that they posted, every single thing that they did. We had a reality shows and that was something else that we were super addicted to because newlyweds, Jessica Simpson was another one. She was kind of actually not remembering because the more we talked, the more I remember. But Jessica Simpson was another one for me that I was like, I idolized because I loved, see her, I loved her fashion. I loved her bags. I loved her fashion. So I was like, oh, Jessica Simpson aesthetic forever. Lindsay Lohan aesthetic forever. But like those little peaks, those yeah. little portals that we got to see into their lives. All the cancer girls. The voyeurism. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. It's I crazy. Know. All the cancer girls. I was big. I was a big, um, I, I loved uh, Laguna Beach. So to this day, it's so funny. I, I bring up Laguna Beach, but to this day, it's funny because okay. there are, and obviously as you grow up and you get older and you realize that fictional characters or even reality TV show characters are not what you see on TV. Like I still have this like, mini aversion to like a, a Lindsay Lohan <laughs> because of the uh-huh. feud that she had with Lizzie McGuire with, with Hillary Duff and I was such a Hillary Duff fan that I was like you literally put nah, the cross you're like nah, you like, betrayed her nah, I was like Lindsay mm-mm. Or, or with Kristen Cavallari which oh, I'm sure is an absolute sweetheart I've obviously never met her she's right. fantastic um but because of the media consumption of Laguna Beach and the hills and everything I was at team Lauren Conrad like Lauren was my girl yes. and you know Kristen was this is like yeah Jacob Edward shit like you're yes. either one or the other you're, what? <laughs> you're yes. not gonna love both exactly and so and I'm sure that was the same for like um you know back in the day like were you team Angelina or team Janice and that to Jen. this day people yeah. still have debates on it and I'm like both of these people have been married to other people like divorced like completely moved on with their lives but we still have such a fascination with mm-hmm. <laughs> with those three i have a question for you though i like for instance and i actually want to bring up britney spears because i know she's your home girl oh, i love her obsession like your girl i know you and lucy are like you know what i can't believe britney i totally stands. did not talk about her being my first real mm-hmm. parasocial relationship forget leonardo DiCaprio. i was sophia i was britney <laughs> I was part of a fan club. Okay, yeah, because you're total. Yeah, you're total Britney vibes. Like I know how much you love her. Um, what would it take for like a real like ride or die stand like you are with Britney or like I'm alone? What would it take for you to like whatever Britney like you effed up? You know, like you know, it's funny that you asked this because I actually thought about it the other day randomly don't ask me why i was thinking i'm like what could harry styles do I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna answer the britney the britney spears question but i was actually thinking oh, yeah. the other day i'm could like be harry styles okay. what what would, what could harry styles do because mind you i think just harry styles is just so perfect and he's just he's he's such a he's, he's, he's not canceled at all he doesn't do anything wrong it's crazy i'm i'm waiting for the shoe <laughs> to drop because of the the culture that we live in i'm waiting for him to fuck up but i don't think he ever will because i really do think he's perfect um but I did think I'm Same. like, what could what could he do that would make me say, mm, no, you know what, I'm done. Um, yeah. What? And, what do you and do? I, I, obviously, I was thinking about absolutely awful things. I was like, I think if he like, you know, was found to be part of some sort of, I don't know, um, crime. Pedoph- yeah, so like, it has to get to pedophilic crime. Like ring or something. Like what oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely awful. I was like, Definitely. I mean, if he didn't pay his taxes, uh, uh, I don't know. I would probably interesting. him. <laughs> That's me with Chris D'Elia, which I love how we literally just mentioned that because I think he is hysterical. Like I watch his podcasts yeah. and they were one of my favorite things to watch, but I do know, and I'm not a fan of what he was doing at the time, right. like on Twitter and like messaging girls and doing all these things. 
he did like this whole apology or whatever. So I do like to give celebrities the benefit of the doubt as well, yeah. which I feel it's a whole other conversation. But when when can you I don't know, it's like what's forgivable? But You're still tr- human. But, but like, I think that speaks to that's totally on topic because it speaks to the the depth of the relationship that of that parasocial relationship yeah, that you have with the true. with the star. So like with Britney, obviously from a young age, obsessed with her every mm-hmm. book video anything that ever came out with britney i collected i was part of her fan club when when her logo wasn't even the butterfly it was a cat like just back back in the day oh my god yeah that way back wow um, yeah 2000s came along 2007 came along you know she started uh yeah. like she she shaved her head and everything and i remember i never stopped loving her and i never stopped thinking like I would still want to meet her. I would. St- I'm still a fan of her music and everything. I remember feeling sad for her because at the, I th- I think to be honest, I was just too young to really understand what I understand now that she was going mm-hmm. through. Oh my god! Um, for everybody, now I, I'm like, ins- oh, I totally get it. If you were picked apart by the media the way that she was, oh, I would lose sure. my mind. And I'm so glad the world knows it. I'm so glad. At the time, I don't think I I could really understand that because. I saw celebrities as just this like beyond star quality unattainable like if you're if you're up there it's because you can handle it right like you can't right so I never really I never really wrapped my head around that but I do remember that I I never stopped loving her I just minimized how much I spoke about her to like other people right so like I minimized my fan I, I almost became more private in how much I fanned or mm-hmm. fangirled over her, right? Interesting. So there was never, to this day, and of course, I really don't, like, Britney hasn't done anything wrong that I would say, like, oh, well, no, I want nothing to do with her. But I think about those times, that, like, the most difficult periods of her life, the most difficult time to be a fan of hers, because if you were, then everyone would make fun of you, like, oh, she's crazy. Like, you're a fan of that? Like, she's so trashy. Like, well, she's getting married <laughs> in person. Vegas. Like, <laughs> One person, and this is the irony of me, but I liked Britney, but I didn't love her. I was always like yeah. a Christina, like yeah, you were you were album. either like a Christina fan or you were a Jessica Simpson fan. There was mm-hmm. like a handful of Mandy Moore fans, but Mandy Moore and never Jessica got, Simpson yeah. was like just Mandy Moore was good. I liked her. She was great. I think and everybody Mandy loved Mandy, so no one ever really talked about Mandy. But it was like the the three were Jessica, Christina, and Britney, right? Like. You had to pick one, and that was your ride or die girl. Right. Yeah. And funny enough, Jessica Simpson for me was more like fashion aesthetic. Christina Aguilera, I loved her music. Um, Britney, I was like, you're cool, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't obsess over her. Mind you, Gimme Gimme More comes out, and I'm obsessed. Yeah. So somebody like told album. me, oh, I get it. You like Meltdown, Britney. So that to me, like, always stayed. Oh my God. Me. Oh, I don't know. And like I feel that. so bad that, they, that I'm laughing at it, but it, like, yeah. I stand for Meltdown, Britney. Like, not literally in that moment, but like, yeah. I supported the music then, not in a like messed up way, but I was yeah. like, God, I really love this album. Like, on my radar, like, I had it on repeat. Oh, I was like, this it is a was vibe. Some of her best music. Some of her best music. And that's when I got into Britney, which is kind of ironic like i didn't plan it it just happened like it's art yeah. it's music which is it's, funny because you know. that's when i started to drop off of her music i was still a fan of her but that's what happened to my yes, best friend at the time she's like what do I you thought mean that there was nothing better than <laughs> I, I think oh i mean i loved her first album loved her second album when she came out with i think it was the, her third album britney that had i'm a slave for is you. it overprotected vibes overprotected. are you overprotected i okay. like that was my peak 
there was nothing better than that. And don't get me wrong, I, I hear Blackout now, and I was like, man, Blackout was a great album. Blackout but, is amazing. But I think, and this is something that I noticed when I was a kid, right? Like, I would idolize all of my, my stars, and if they ever did anything different, I, I, I didn't like it. And Britney, for Blackout, went dark hair, like black hair. Yeah, she did. And I loved her as a blonde, and I remember thinking, I'm like, ugh. She's trying to be someone different. I was like, I, I don't like it. And the music is just so techno-y. And I don't like... And now know. you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, no. I, was like, oh, I, yeah. I look back and I was like, man, that was some of her best music. That was a great album. What is wrong with but me? But that's why art is so... And again, we can go on and on. Because like, I know art is so like obscure. And again, I keep saying multi-layered. But that's why art hits you at different eras and times of your life. Because I'll tell you something. I always knew who the Doors were. I always knew who Led Zeppelin was. I loved Pink Floyd. Like I liked some Pink Floyd uh, vibes in high school. But like, I will never forget the day I became obsessed with Jimmy Page and listening to the Heartbreak guitar solo. Or when I first got obsessed with Jim Morrison on a road trip where I heard um, take a take the highway to the end of the night, and I was like, "This man is a legend. Yeah. Like he is a gifted visionary. He was a drunk. I mean, but there are things that hit you in different times. The more we find out, which I think is another, I guess, pitfall of this, is the more we find out about about people that we idolize, especially if they're gone and they no longer can defend themselves. <laughs> you know, yes. and like and the, the older, peace, right, like the the. The much older idolizations that we have of these people and then we find out more stories and more people come forward and stuff like it just oh it it sucks because you don't want i like i, I was for example the beatles my favorite band of all time mm-hmm. my favorite beetle john lennon and i thought that that was like that was my personality trait like john lennon was my favorite right uh. right he's a little dark though like and i like the, i love his music i love and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, Paul was the cutest, but, like, there was something nostalgic, there was something, like, kind of macabre about loving John Lennon, who lived, you know, okay. a 40-year 40-year life, and you could just, like, in this capsule size, right? And this is his life, and he lives on, and he, he's a legend, right? Because he passes away so early. But yeah. the more and more I would read, the more and more I would do research. Yes. I was like, "That's what happened to me." And I and I saw that the the documentary that they had on Disney Plus, and I remember thinking, "I'm like, I still I, look, I still love John Lennon." But watching it more and more, like the love that I had for George Harrison tripled in size. I mean, that's my favorite Beatle. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the, the George Harrison. Right. I like "My Sweet Lord" is one of my favorite songs in the whole world. Oh, beautiful like, song. I love that song. The respect I had for Paul Harrison tripled in size. Uh, for Paul Harrison. For, <laughs> the respect the respect that I had for, for Paul sorry, McCartney. George. Yeah, sorry, George. The respect I had for <laughs> Paul McCartney tripled in size. And mind you, I saw this man yeah. in concert a couple years ago, and I was like, this man is a phenom. I don't think he gets... I think, yeah. I think actually, I think it was John Mayer who spoke about um, jo- um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney and why they are both legends they're both incredible but paul kind of has to sort of like live up to himself being now in his 70s 80s right Mm. whereas john no longer has to do any work he his is in this true good point john john lives john lives in a in a in a in this little time capsule of 40 years 
and everyone's going to come. Yeah, to. like that he got to. But Paul's still living, right? So he's still. Right. Ha- and I don't know if I'm, I'm worried. That's it correctly, a, no, no, no. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, first of all, death sadly makes you more famous. Yeah. The tragedy is, is there's a fine line between fascination and fear. The tragedy is fascinating, as sick and twisted as it sounds, right. the truth. And then it makes it more appealing. And then they really didn't have to keep making music that could tarnish their career because they just had that perfect little, yeah, you make perfect sense. It's a great example. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where, where we were going with this, but, but, but you know with what I mean. With the lure yes. and the, with, yeah. With and, and, and I think that's that's what would change I guess right so there are certain values that I have now as a 30 year old that I'm thinking 31 year old um that I'm thinking if my favorite people were to do these things these awful things that are against my values yeah Mm -hmm. I would probably not spend as much time or invest as much energy into this one-sided relationship i wouldn't want to know more about the the causes that they're they're that they're taking on i wouldn't i'm not necessarily saying that i wouldn't support them because again i'm not a big fan of cancel culture so it would have to be a case by case I don't like cancel. yeah i'm like i don't really believe in cancel culture i built like but I if you it's believe a case basis but yes and i'm and i'm i'm with you and it's interesting i'm asking myself this question as i'm asking you but if we believe in idolization then you must somewhat believe in cancel culture. I don't like it. I don't right. like bullying. I'm super. That is the one thing, you know, we were saying what would make you dis, you know, take a step back from liking somebody bullying. That is like a huge, Ooh, yeah. like hell no for me. Like I cannot stand bullies. I really, really bothers me. Um, obviously it's like my own trauma, the way I'm reacting at this point. No, 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 but I, I think it, yeah. I was bullied as a kid for sure. I think, you know, whatever, but still I feel like that's something that would make me, but if we do believe in those parasocial uh, connections where we idolize, I do feel like, especially with social media, it's it's just, it gives you the tools to create a revolution of who should be canceled. Do I believe in it? No. But is it something that is ultimately giving you the opportunity to do it? I, I dare say yes. Like yeah, it's I, the truth. I believe in holding people accountable. And if they go about it the right way, if they hold themselves accountable, if they take responsibility for their actions, and, it, and, and they say, because at the end of the day, you are using your platform for whatever message you want to give out. And you're saying, but cancel culture is technically taking that platform away. If it's well deserved, right. I'm all for that platform going away if they don't need it. Same, same. Fine if they, exactly. Right. I'm like, trying to think you, of lost, that you lost the that. privilege of having that platform. R. Kelly, perfect example. I think we can all agree. There you go. R. Kelly does not, does not need mm-hmm. a platform anymore. I know some people exactly. are like, and, and by that I mean like he, he no longer should have the right to make music for the masses. <laughs> I know that's like. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. But yeah, it's like we don't believe in cancel culture, but it's like unless you do something really wrong. But then what is really wrong to you? It's exactly. relative. It's just like an exactly. endless, we like... Exactly, go down the rabbit hole for that, but yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so wild. Yeah. Oh my God, I just looked at the time. Well, of course, we, we end up talking forever. I mean, I am having so right, much fun in this fun. convo. Boom. You always mentally stimulate me, and I'm a Venus in Gemini, I so know. what can I tell I you? I love this. But I'm glad we had this conversation. Um, lot of I insight. I did not expect it to go where it ended up going, but I think we had a... Um, a lot of good things to, to we covered a lot we covered a lot of ground we should do a part two i'm not gonna lie this is great 